listening to This Is Spinal Education, a podcast series from This Is Spinal Crap and the London Spinal Cord Injury Centre to complement education programmes at spinal centres in the UK. This Is Spinal Education is sponsored by Coloplast, providing effective solutions for bladder and bowel management. Hello and welcome to This Is Spinal Education. This is a new project between the makers of the podcast, This Is Spinal Crap, and the London Spinal Cord Injury Centre at Stanmore. So what we're doing is we're creating a pilot episode for a new project to complement face-to-face education at spinal centres in the UK. Now, this is not a replacement for your programmed education. It's simply a tool that you can listen to and come back to in your own time for a refresher or reminder if you need to. This series is in addition to our usual podcast, This Is Spinal Crap. And to find more episodes of that, you can search for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your usual podcast platforms. And we're also all over social media, so just look us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're looking for further information on spinal cord injury education or have medical concerns, please consult your spinal unit. So now that the housekeeping is done, let me do some introductions. I'm Ruth Early, and if you've heard any of our previous podcasts, you will recognise my chatty Irish voice. I'll be hosting this series, and I'm joined by Shan Roger, who is the Patient Education and Health Coaching Lead at the London Spinal Cord Injury Centre. Hiya, Shan. Hello, Ruth. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me along. Oh, thanks for thanks for joining me for the for the project. Um, I am pleased to say that um, Shan taught me a lot of the clinical side of spinal cord injuries while I was rehabbing um, at Stanmore in 2018 and the knowledge I picked up from her has helped me to make sense of my newly acquired spinal injury and empowered me to manage many aspects of my health, well-being and care so that is very much what we're hoping to pass on to newly injured people through this project. Today in this pilot episode, Shan is going to be talking about skin and how to effectively look after your skin following spinal cord injury. And joining the conversation today are two friends of the show and of the London Spinal Cord Injury Centre who both live with spinal cord injury. We have Lindsay Liggett. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Ruth. Hi, everybody. (laughs) And Lindsay is an independent living advisor for the charity Aspire who is a regular contributor to This Is Spinal Crap, both on mic and behind the scenes. Um, We also have Michael Hipwell, who is an outreach and support coordinator at the charity Backup. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ruth. Hi, all. Um, Lindsay, what does it mean to be an independent living advisor? So I support people in the spinal unit. Um, And I speak about my own lifting experience as I'm a T6 complete paraplegic. Um, I've had my injury for eight years now, um, and I just speak about anything that they want to know. I talk about, I advise them, um, and if they need any further information, I um, outsource it to different um, charities and departments. And Michael, what is it that you do? Um, as an outreach and support coordinator backup, part of my job is visiting the spinal centres, meeting newly injured people, running wheelchair skill sessions there at the spinal centres. And the big bulk of my support is um, after um, meeting there, it's keeping in contact on the phone. So just talking about everyday life, answering questions, 
talk about my experiences and the experiences of other people with spinal cord injury and supporting them over the phone. So I proactively call people um, every, it could be every few months and then just check in with them, really. Sean, so we're here today to talk specifically about skin. Why is skincare following a spinal cord injury so important? Well, unfortunately, skin damage is a really common post-injury complication and um, it can have some devastating effects on, on people with spinal cord injury on their lives. Um, the main cause of skin damage is pressure injuries or pressure sores, and they can lead to um, further functional um, disability, infections, um, and they can lead to also long periods um, of bed rest, um, which can impact on emotional well-being. Um, and if they, if they become very severe, they can lead to hospitalization and surgical treatment. So if we continue on now, so what does cause um, a pressure sore, you know, and, and how do they develop? So before a spinal cord injury, feelings of pressure and pain and discomfort cause you to move often and change your body um, position. After a spinal cord injury, messages or signals are not able to get to the brain because of the damage to the spinal cord. So sitting or lying too long cuts off the blood flow in the skin. And the blood flow to the skin is really important because it's what keeps it alive and it keeps it healthy. Um, so basically, if your skin doesn't get the blood, um, it will die. So, you know, it's really, really um, important part of um, looking after yourself following spinal cord injury. And lack of movement and exercise below the level of the injury, this also decreases the blood flow to the skin. So this is why it's really important to be active after your spinal cord injury, um, as well as looking after your skin. So what is a pressure injury or a pressure sore? So as I say, this is the most common cause of skin damage following a spinal cord injury. And sitting or lying in one position for too long will cause a skin sore. So certain areas of the body get more pressure than others. And these are located over bony places such as hips and heels and your sacrum, so your bottom. The skin over these bony areas is basically squashed if you can imagine, between the bone and the other surfaces, such as the bed or the chair or your clothing. And when the skin cannot get the blood needed, the skin cells begin to die. And this is the beginning of a pressure sore. So let's talk a little bit about the signs and symptoms of a pressure sore. So one of the first signs of a possible pressure sore is a change in color to the skin. Um, the area will become pink or red or warm to touch and firm, so a different texture. Um, people with dark skin, they may notice a darkened area or a shiny area. Um, and the area around the skin sore also changes. This is the first stage um, of a skin sore. The skin is unbroken at this point um, on the outside. Um, and in the first stage, if um, you um, realize that you've got some skin damage and you and you begin to um, treat it, this day at this stage, if we catch it at the first stage, the skin can heal relatively quickly um, if the right steps are taken. If the pressure is not relieved, this is where 
it gets much worse and it can get worse very quickly. And the skin will become red, purple, or even black. Um, swelling, you may get swelling in that area. The dermis, which is the bottom layer of the skin, um, is involved. When this happens, uh, the skin often becomes open. So you get an open sore, which is then um, has the potential to become infected. Um, treatment at this stage can involve weeks or even months of bed rest staying off the area. And if the sore gets really deep into the muscle or the bone, and that can happen, and unfortunately I have seen that um, on quite a number of occasions, then surgery may be needed to clean out the infection and close the sore. So what it, we should also note that once you've had a pressure sore, um, your skin will not be as strong as it was. So this means it, it's, more, it's even more likely to break down. So I just want to cover in this part the, the most vulnerable areas that, that you know, we need to be checking, you need to be checking. Um, and, and they're, the, as I say, the bony, bony parts especially. So hips, feet, ankles, heels, um, your ITs, your ischial tuberosities, which are the big bones in the bottom that we sit on, um, your gluteal folds, which is, again, around your bottom where your legs join your, your bum, for want of a better description. Um, your natal cleft, your elbows, all these parts that are bony where there's not much fat on and the skin can get squashed very easily. So as well as pressure injuries, I feel we do need to talk about some of the other causes of skin damage. Um, and they are friction and shearing. So friction and shearing of some examples of that might be um, dragging. So if you are um, moving around in your bed or if somebody is assisting you to move around in the bed and um, don't use a slide sheet, for example, and you pull yourself or you're moved up the bed and your skin, your heels or your bottom drags on the mattress, that can cause um, friction and shearing. And it, what happens is the blood vessels get stretched and the top layer of skin gets removed and then you have the skin damage. Okay, spasms, some spasms can also cause it sometimes as well. Um, the other thing that you need to be careful of is local trauma, um, which includes um, things like um, bruises or bumps burns or moisture so it's really important to um just be mindful about what you're doing so i always give this example in the education sessions that i give to my patients and i don't know whether michael or lindsay might have experienced this i'm sure they will tell us um but um i have seen patients who have made themselves a cup of tea in the day room because you know, they're on active rehab and we encourage that, but have then transported the tea in the mug with the boiling water between their legs while they wheel back to their bay or outside to speak to their um, relative. And they have ended up with um, some nice red marks on their legs from where the um, cup has been very hot 
We've also had patients who have got some marks caused by iPads um, or um, laptops, which have um, been resting on their legs and have been very, um, very hot. I don't know, guys, have you had any experience of that? Not particularly carrying the tea in that, but I have burnt my legs in the shower when it's a faulty shower in the thermostat. And I didn't realise it was very hot and I was just sort of sitting around and the next thing I can feel my legs start spasming and realised. And that took a long time to heal. I've also burnt my legs um, pretty much straight after I come out of rehab. I had um, a desktop ironing board, put it over my legs thinking that it was a solid bottom. And as I ironed the top, I realised that there was my legs started spasming. So I took the ironing board off and the steam was going straight through onto my leg. So I ended up with a third degree burn. I mean, it took quite some time to heal. Um, and I always tell people this because I hope that they're going to um, that they're going to they're, they're going to learn from my silly mistake. I also say another stories which happened to me, which is a bit of a horror story. Isn't it? My mother-in-law was watching the rugby on TV, and I had my arm resting on the range, so like an arga, and it wasn't switched on. But my sister-in-law, she started to switch it on. I didn't even think about it. So I'm lying sort of with my hand resting on it. And it wasn't until a while later I come off it and I could actually see some like skin hanging down from my, my wrist. And that so and then things. So that was that's one story like so I always say now be careful. Things like radiators, don't be rest like rest your arms and radiators and that. So it just shows that it can easily happen without realising it. Hot water bottles. Yep. Yep. With a hot water bottle in bed all night, you don't know, do you? I always say with hot water bottles, just try and keep the hot water bottle above your level of injury. So if there is any leaking or anything, you're going to know straight away. Never put it below your level of injury, because I know a lot of people who are incomplete injuries, and um, they get neuropathic pain or they get a feeling of cold below their level of injury. So they put a hot water bottle there, but they still have reduced sensation and end up burning themselves. And in this lovely warm weather that we're currently experiencing, it's important to protect your skin when you're outside um, in the sunshine too, um, and try and avoid um, getting sunburned um, anywhere, but especially on the, on the um, areas of your body that you have reduced uh, movement and sensation. So as you've just heard, some of the uh, consequences um, of skin damage can take a long time to heal. Um, and as we've already mentioned at the beginning of, of the session, you know, skin damage, skin damage can lead to uh, debilitating sores, needing lengthy hospital um, stays, lengthy amounts of bed rest, um, uh, you know, loads of different types of medical dressings and also just you know to to mention that pressure injuries because in effect the skin is um, dying because of the pressure the lack of blood to it can be quite um smelly and um cause um quite a malodor um which can be um quite distressing for for a person who has a, a pressure injury but it's not all doom and gloom. As pressure injuries and skin damage, it can be prevented. Yay! <laughs> so I want to spend some time talking about that, talking about how um, you can uh, um, prevent a pressure injury because 
as in most cases, prevention is much better than treatment. It's really important. And there are ways that you can um, make sure that you really reduce the risk of a pressure injury. Um, now, prevention of skin damage, pressure sores begins at the time of injury, and it is a lifelong commitment. So it is something that is important to get into your daily routine. And um, I'm sure that Michael and Lindsay Ambrose um, will um, agree that um, it is a part now of their everyday lives. Yeah, I'd say so, because um, I think it's really just being sensible about it, really. It's, um, it's like just making you check your skin, whether it's getting on the bed or in the morning, in the evening. And and I know like it all sounds like very scary, but it doesn't have to really dictate your life either. It's as long as you're sensible, checking your skin, you can get on and sort of live everyday life as, as you want to. Yeah, I think you need to um, start the way you mean to go on. So just start checking your skin the moment you have your injury. Um, I bought myself a hairdresser mirror, so I was able to look at my behind, um, and I check all the, all the, every day. I make sure I check. Um, if you're somebody who is a high level injury and you're unable to do it yourself, um, get your carer to do it, and possibly get them maybe once a week to take a picture of your skin, so you can be in control of of your skin. So as Michael and Lindsay have said, um, a good skincare routine um, is essential and it will reduce the risk of your skin damage. So what is a good skincare routine? That's what I want to talk about. So it is, as they've said, monitor um, your skin condition. So daily inspection of your skin, morning and evening before you get um, out into your chair and then when you get back into bed in the evening, Take responsibility, that's what we want. As clinicians, we want you to take responsibility. We want to empower you to be in charge. So, you know, ask the nursing staff, and then when you're discharged, if you need assistance, if you're having um, personal assistance or carers, ask them. You're in charge of your skin, you make the decisions. Okay, so ask them, what is my skin like? Are there any marks? How's it looking? So that you can then um, keep keep um, in control of that. As uh, Lindsay said, use mirrors if you can to um, look at your skin. If somebody says you've got a bit of a red mark there, um, you know that can be sometimes open to interpretation. So if you're looking at it, you can see how it changes. Um, and also, as Mike, um, as Lindsay and Michael said about um, taking a, a a picture on your mobile phone um, that's a good way as well um, especially um, if you have um, a mark developed it's good to to take pictures of that so you can see how it changes if it's getting worse or um, hopefully it's getting better by the fact that you're pressure relieving um, and staying off it so pressure reliefs so their guidance is that um, you you do a pressure relief when you're up in the chair every hour um, for two minutes and basically what that does is that takes the pressure off the blood vessels and allows the blood flow back to that area of the skin. Now um, to do a pressure relief um, the advice is to lean forward in your wheelchair so that you are off the, the big bones in your bottom and you will be taught this 
during your your inpatient rehab okay so you come forward whether you do that yourself um, or with the aid of um, a nurse or, or a therapist um, and you do that for two minutes and you do that every hour and it's really really essential because as I say it lets the blood supply which is keeping your skin alive um, return to that area of the skin okay um, also um, in bed you have a turning regime and that will change as uh, the longer you um, have had your injury in the beginning, um, when you're newly hospitalized, you will be turning regularly at night and you will have assistance to do this. As um, your rehab progresses, we would hope to increase your turn times, which means you can spend longer in one position overnight um, and then turn. What you um, need to remember is that um, before your injury, um, when you got um, uncomfortable, when you were sleeping, you would you would turn yourself and you would move. Same in the chair, you fidget and, and when you get the signals and the messages to your brain to say you're uncomfortable, you don't even realize you're doing it. And that's what doesn't happen now. So you have to actively do that. Okay, so it's, it's really um, important. As is early treatment. So if you find or um, as someone reports you've got a mark on your bottom, then stay off it. Stay off it until it goes would be the advice. Keep that area pressure free because once this, you have the start of a pressure sore, any more pressure on that will just make it worse. Okay. I would then if it's a if it's sort of a red mark and it and it goes in a couple of days up with staying in bed, keeping pressure off that area, then brilliant. If you're unsure, then contact your specialist center and your um, community healthcare professionals to come and have a look. Um, or, you know, you can send a picture into your specialist center or, you know, a healthcare professional from your community can come and um, advise. But it's really important to keep that area pressure free. So if you have an injury on your bottom, stay in bed, turning side to side until it's resolved. If you have an injury on your heel, a mark or a pressure sore on your heel, then obviously your heel doesn't have any pressure on it when you're in your wheelchair. Um, so you can get out into your chair, but don't put your shoes on. So don't wear your TED stockings if you're in hospital and you're still wearing them because that will put pressure on that area. Okay, so you want to keep the area pressure free. It's really, really important. Clothes. A person with spinal cord injury doesn't always have to wear a tracksuit. A lot of the time, my patients who are undergoing their rehab do, and that's for ease. Ease in the gym when they're doing their therapies and when they're doing their dressing practice with um, the OTs. If you want to wear your jeans, if you want to wear your um, suits when you go back to work, that is completely fine just need to be aware that a change in fabric, especially if it's something like denim, which can be a bit um, tougher, can cause skin damage. So our advice would be to um, wear it for an hour and then check your skin, which sounds like a really big faff, but if you wear it for an hour and it starts to mark your skin and you don't check it, but you continue to wear it all day for eight hours, after eight hours, the damage will be much, much worse 
than the mark that it caused after one hour. So it's really important. And it's the same with shoes. You know, you don't always have to wear a pair of trainers that are one or two sizes too big. Um, you can wear sandals, brogues, whatever, but just make sure that they're not squeezing your toes and that um, they're not too tight around your feet. So by checking after an hour, um, you can then see if they are marking and build that time up. It's really important um, to do that. I don't know if you guys have had any um, issues with clothing um, following your injury or whether you have any tips about um, wearing new fabrics or whether you're still hanging out in your tracksuits. I couldn't wait to get out of tracksuits because um, when I was injured, like as like you say, in the spinal centre, it is tracksuits all the time through ease of in the gym and what have you. But um, first opportunity, I started wearing jeans again. And I did sort of, I was a bit paranoid because I did have a, uh, pressure sore before I got into my spinal centre. So I was doing all the checks, you know, putting them on for a little while, like say an hour, hour or two, building up then gradually, uh, daily wearing them longer. I um, also cut the pockets off the back of my jeans. So you haven't got an extra layer sitting on. Um, sometimes you're going to be wary of studs at the back of jeans and that. And also at the beginning, I, it took me a while to start wearing the belts as well. So stop the jeans coming right down so you've been wary of that at the beginning and now i wear belts with my jeans it holds the jeans up so they're not pulling down on further on sort of where the bend of your chair is so you're not putting any extra pressure on them so those are them. and also the shoes i just wear all sorts of shoes but as you say make sure they're not too tight on the on the toes but also check the backs when you put your shoes on they're not curled at the back of the heel so that's not marking there, so just make sure it's up properly as well. I do wear a size bigger on my shoes. Uh, one thing to be mindful of, as you put your foot into a shoe, make sure that your toes are flat, because if they're not, your your foot will come back and you could get potentially get a pressure sore on the back of your heel, which I did experience when I was in hospital, and it took quite a long time to get it. Um, healed so um, definitely do that um, the other thing I would say is something else that happened to me and I was very very lucky that it didn't cause a pressure sore was I had my child left some a little toy in my shoe so I put my shoes on and luckily I only had them on for a very short time when I took them off I realized there was a toy in there so always check before you put your shoes on that there's not something shoved in there, whether it be a pair of socks or money's dropped into your shoe or whatever. So always check your shoes. Um, I always, well, I live in leggings, to be honest, um, but there is lots and lots of um, wheelchair clothing companies out there that you can also look at um, buying from. But they'll be mindful of seams, um, so you can have a look at that. But also, as Michael said, you can cut them out yourself. Just be mindful that you've got no extra layers or seams there that can cause any pressure sores. Um, and the other thing that I always check is before I get into bed, I always make sure that I've got a very tight fitted sheet and I make sure that it, there's no creases in the sheet. So when I get into bed, I've not got no creases underneath me. And when I sleep, I always sleep with a pillow between my legs 
and that stops any pressure from obviously the top leg onto the the bottom leg. You just mentioned their seams there, Lindsay. Also, you can get seamless boxer shorts and underwear as well, which can. I mean, the only place I've actually seen them is in Primark, but there are stuff like that. If people are really sort of worried about that sort of um, of issues as well. And also uh, bed clothes, my pyjamas, I always make sure with my pyjamas they've got no seams on them. So I wear sort of legging material pyjama bottoms. Brilliant. That, thank you. That's brilliant advice. And I, I, I concur with all of it, especially um, checking your shoes before putting your feet in. Um, so thank you, guys. So I just want to touch on transfers. Um, you will be taught by your therapist at the specialist centre how to uh, transfer from your bed to wheelchair if you are able. Um, and it's really important to check your skin if you scuff your bottom on the wheel of your chair as you transfer over. And we would recommend that you do that um, straight away just to make sure that there's um, no damage there. You can, if, you're, um, if you need to put uh, something over the wheel just to protect yourself, um, but all these things will um, you will go through with your specialist therapist. And it's just important to take that information that you've learned with you into life after discharge. So all these things that you're being taught are for, for when um, to, to carry on through. So along with safe transfers is sitting correctly in your wheelchair. Um, your specialist will set you up with a, with a wheelchair. If you haven't been to a specialist center, you should um, have a referral from a community OT for a wheelchair and you'll be set up with a cushion, a pressure relieving cushion, which will uh, reduce the risk of pressure injury, but not um, completely negate it. So um, it's important that you um, continue with your pressure reliefs whilst in the chair and it's important to maintain your wheelchair and your cushion. So for instance, making sure that your cushion is on correctly on your wheelchair because I've had a patient who's put their cushion on the wrong way around and developed a pressure injury from that. Um, so sitting position, transferring safely and maintenance of wheelchair is really important. And before I sum up, the last thing I want to touch on is a healthy um, diet and fluid intake, which is really important to um, maintain your, your skin. Um, also should just note that um, any changes in weight, um, whether that's um, gaining weight um, or losing weight can affect um, your skin and your position in your wheelchair. So if you put on weight when you go from being on hospital food to your own um, cooking again, then just be mindful that if um, you your wheelchair becomes snug, then you need to be careful of your, your hips aren't rubbing. And if you lose a lot of weight, um, you need to just um, get your, your seating position checked by, by um, a healthcare professional. You'll be glad to know um, I'm going to summarise and then I'm going to be quiet. So the important key points to remember um, about your skincare programme are do your pressure relief every hour for two minutes, take care of your wheelchair cushion, 
inspect your skin every morning and every night and know what you're looking for when you're checking your skin. So red areas, bumps, bruises, dark spots, warm or hard places, changes in skin texture, um, scratches, cuts, pimples, rashes, any changes really. Um, and, and know what to do if you find one of those um, listed. But the number one rule is always stay off the problem area. So if there's a mark, stay off it. And then stick to your turn schedule at night. Keep your skin clean. Eat a healthy diet. Drink six to eight glasses of water a day and get plenty of rest. Wear the right clothes that allow air to circulate um, and perform good foot care. But most importantly, Take care of problems early before they become serious. If you're not sure what to do for a skin problem, do not wait. Call your doctor and call your specialist centre. I don't know whether Lindsay, um, Ruth and Michael um, want to add any more um, about skin care. I would just say um, when you're at home, if you've got the opportunity, maybe try and transfer onto your bed. Um, and have a stretch, have some time off of your wheelchair um, because as much as it's great to pressure relief, it is good to get off of your wheelchair and have a stretch as well. Yeah, sometimes that could be also daily lifestyle, isn't it? If you're transferring into and out of cars, you're changing your seating position, you're relieving yourself in the way or onto the couch, onto the bed. And as Sean said earlier, preventing is the best option, but it's not worth taking the risks if you do see a little red mark is do act on it immediately because from my experience I found that maybe staying off it for a day or two is better than and not you know you might be out enjoying yourself but you see a red mark let that um, sort of take priority because that day or two in bed is better than months in bed further down the line because you haven't looked after your skin because it can sort of deteriorate very quickly as well once it starts. Checking your cushions as well when you get back, and like um, Sean said, I mean, I've got a gel based cushion, so each morning when I get in there, I just massage it, just make sure it's sort of soft so it sort of moulds around the body, so you don't want to let that get hard, especially sort of when it gets cold. And that, so just yeah, make sure that's on properly. And be wearing the transfers as well, because when you're feeling tired or you're not feeling too well, just be wary when you transfers, because that's when you can scuff and scuff across the wheel land on the wheel and that so just be wary there brilliant guys and uh, i would just remind everybody um listening that if they have any questions or concerns about anything that's been said here to um just check in with your spinal unit or with the healthcare provider that um, you normally talk to about skin problems um, thank you, Sean. That was really informative and really helpful. Um, and I definitely think that that's going to save some people from uh, a few skin nightmares. Um, so thanks for sharing all of that. Thanks, Lindsay and Michael, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much for having us. Michael, how can people learn more about Backup, the charity that you work for? They can always go onto our website, which is backuptrust.org.uk. And they can contact us by phone on 020-8875-1805 or email the outreach and support team on outreach and support at backuptrust.org.uk. They could also 
meet our um, outreach and support team who visit the spinal centre throughout the country, whether it's just going to do talks or running wheelchair skill sessions. And we also deliver the telephone support, mentoring for people with spinal cord injury and also their family members, because as we know, it affects the whole family as well. We have activity courses and also under 18 services for both children and young people and also their family members. So, Lindsay, how can people learn more about your charity, Aspire? Okay, so you can visit Aspire's website, which is aspire.org.uk. We have independent living advisors like myself in all the spinal centres in the UK. Um, And we deliver a variety of services. So we have, obviously, the independent living advising service. We have housing. We have welfare benefits, assistive technology and money matters. We also have on our website information for different charities that um, support people with grants. Thank you, guys. So if you found this podcast helpful, please do feed that back to your spinal unit or to us here at This Is Spinal Crap. This is a pilot episode and we're testing it out to see if it really does complement your spinal unit's education program. So your thoughts are very valuable to us. Um, we'll know if this project should develop further based on what you guys have to say about it. So you can do this in lots of ways. On Instagram, you can get in contact with us at This Is Spinal Crap. Facebook and Twitter, it's at Spinal Crap Show. You can email this is spinalcrap at gmail.com. Um, and you can just tell your unit if you have found it helpful as well. So that's us for now. Um, thanks for joining us. And hopefully we'll be catching you again very soon. So until next time, this is Spinal Crap. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Is Spinal Crap. And thank you to our sponsors, Colaplast. If you like this week's show, please be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. 